Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very, very well, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Excellent. What's happening in Rugby League? Uh, in Rugby League world, even, there's there's been... Uh, it looks like a slow news week. Very, very slow. Um, I like the way that the journalists have focused on all the things in rugby league that have nothing to do with playing rugby league. It's been fantastic. It's really exposed them for the general shitheads that they are. And, uh, yeah, the uh, there's been no analysis of the game, hey? I've not seen any analysis of the game. We will, we will rectify that. Um, we will, we will. One thing that's, that has surprised me is seeing... Rugby league journalists talking about rugby league commentators and their feud they're having. We're not going to get into that, but I just think it looks rather pissy. Mm. Uh, I'm not taking sides. I just think the whole thing is not newsworthy. I agree. I, I don't care. <laughs> no. No. And I haven't been trolling anyone either. Nah. Neither have I. Now, not this week. <laughs> there has been some news this week coming out of the Daly M's that uh, Craig Bellamy. He's refusing to discuss his future outside his current contract and whether he'd actually finish both of the two remaining years on his contract. There's talk he may actually only see out one more year. Coupled with Cameron Smith discussing whether he's actually going to, you know, go around again next year. I did see one tweet uh, today. I think it might have been by um, notorious ice cream salesman Josh Masood. Yeah. And... (laughs) He was saying that if Cameron Smith retires, it might be because of a bunch of Sydney fans who were booing and heckling him a, a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, to which I replied, you know, Wally Lewis played for Australia in Sydney and got booed when he was captaining the actual the nation. I think Cameron Smith will be fine. Uh, yeah. What do you Some, make of this, this discussion? Something tells me that when Cameron Smith is, what would it be, 1,200 kilometres away, something like that, from the nearest Sydney fan, Sydney-based supporter. I feel like that he probably feels like that's a good enough buffer zone and that if he wants to keep playing football, that some people in Sydney are not going to stop him. Like, I just don't understand it. I, I think that, you know, it was kind of weird. After the game, he was disappointed. Uh, he probably didn't want to see football for quite some time. And I would suggest that that's the way every single footballer that's ever lost a finals game feels like. They just don't want to have anything to do with football for a little while. Um, you know, I don't know where that's come from. I don't know. I mean, Craig Bellamy, if somebody said to him, like, you're going to say your contract and he says, I don't want to talk about that. I think that that's a pretty reasonable response. Like, you know, it doesn't. Have, they don't have to talk about it. They can just turn up next year and get their money and keep doing what they're doing. And I tend to think that that's what's going to happen. I, I agree. Um, some quotes here. There's only two, really, from, from Craig yeah. Bellamy. One, he says, it's getting harder, coaching. Another one said, at this stage, I'm not sure I'll go on beyond next year. Who knows how I'll feel then? But at the moment, I couldn't guarantee I'll keep going. Yeah. I don't, that's, I would, not, that's not really not, saying anything at all, to be honest. No, I don't think so. It's interesting he says that it's getting harder. And I can, first of all, that's what she said. Um, And second of all, like, 
I can see, I think the coaching is starting to get better in the NRL slowly. I think that you're seeing a lot, a lot more depth in coaching than you saw maybe even five years ago. And so I'm not surprised that it's getting a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, you know, Craig Bellamy will coach as long as he wants to. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's a non-story. I, I feel inclined to want to ask you something, sort of flesh out on this non-story, because that's what okay. it is anyway. Yeah. Do you think he fears how he'll be perceived when he doesn't have any of those Smith, Slater, Cronk around as a coach? Um, like if, if Cameron Smith retires next year and he's finally having his first season as a coach with none of those guys there yeah. and the Storm don't do well, like maybe they finish eighth and bout in the first week of the finals. I wonder if he fears that. That you know, you get those players and coaches who they fear playing that one season too many and being yeah, crap. Yeah. I wonder I, if that's what's driving that that discussion from him. Yeah, you know what? I would I would look at two different things. I think that any comp- you, and the thing to remember is these people are like ultra competitors, especially bloody Bellamy. So I would be shocked if he wasn't thinking about that because that's just the way they're wired. Um, it, like, And I don't think it's a criticism of him at all. I mean, you look at all of the great players he's lost over the years and they're still ticking along. And I say that as somebody that thinks that he made some mistakes late in the season that probably cost him a premiership, honestly. But um, at the same time, I think for a coach like him that is... You know, he likes to control everything as a good coach does. I, I think having the system there in Melbourne is his system. And it's like there is no hangover from anyone else's system. And I can see where he might be looking at other alternatives. And, I mean, obviously the Broncos is the main one that jumps out. Because, I mean, if he rang them tomorrow and said, I want to coach, coach the Broncos, he'd be there the following day. But... He would have to put in place his system, and that's a that's a long term commitment. And I wonder if he's willing to do that. You also look at the way that when he watches games. I mean, this is a dude that can be winning the game by thirty and standing up and walking to the back of the box, screaming his head off and swearing. Like he puts a lot into it. Does he really want to be doing that when he's you know seventy? <laughs> I don't yeah, think that he would. That's exactly right. It's got to be taking a toll on him. As he mm. puts his heart and soul into every single bit he does in that job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting there. I I think he'll – I think he and Smith will both see out their contracts at the moment anyway. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I really do think that I, – I felt like when you watched the end of that game uh, against the Roosters and you could almost hear the wheels turn and with the journos, they're like, oh, Smith looks disappointed. Maybe it's his last year. Oh, and it just went from there. Yeah, you know, I I say this, and I'm not saying that there's an element of ego. There may be, but I think Cameron Smith would want to would want to leave on a swan song year, or you know, just say, you know, I'm retiring at the end of 2019, 2020, whatever, and yeah. actually do something where the fans get to celebrate it with him. Because much of what I've seen down here has been him interacting with with the Melbourne Storm fans. Better than a lot of a lot of other players have done over such a long period of time, yeah. and I don't think that him bowing out after a game like that, without the fans getting a proper chance to say thank you and turning up for games and stuff like that, to do that, 
I don't think that's his way. So okay. I think he'd go around for one more year and it would be he'd announce his retirement at the start of the year or the middle of the year. Does he, When he retires, does Barb get another ring? It's not anatomically possible, is it? <laughs> I'm willing to give her another ring, hey? Wow. Um, would it be a bigger ring than the current one? Yeah, yeah. More impressive because it signals the end, you know? Just give her a big fat diamond. Or would it be just, would it replace the current ring? Maybe he could, he could uh, give her a bigger ring and take the previous ring off her and that could just be put on standby for the next player, uh, next player's wife. Yeah, yeah. That, or you could get one of those rings that stack. You know, have you ever seen those ones? But like upwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they stack. Just, just put a ring on top of a ring, a, a rock on top of a rock. That would be pretty cool. She had two big rocks, two <laughs> rings. That would be great. Now, uh, now that we're having a bit of a laugh, um, big news, Buzz Rothfield's made a joke. OMG, what's it, what is it? Go You're on, ready? hit me with it. This is brilliant. Yeah. Brisbane Broncos coach Anthony Seabold was spotted having a quiet beer at the Harbour Beach Hotel last Saturday night while watching the Roosters beat the Melbourne Storm. Here's the punchline. And he was nowhere near the pokies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. wow. Wow. Both both a journalist and a comedian. And a comedian, yeah. Although I don't think he should give up his day job. He should stick to telling jokes. <laughs> I thought his day job was at the bar. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh man, it, you know what the 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 mainstream media has just been so trash. It's like they're they're really racing to the bottom this year. Oh, it's terrible. Here's some more quality journalism because it get it gets better. Okay. He spotted Josh Dugan at a pet store buying dog food. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if you're Josh Dugan and you're reading the paper? I don't think he'd read the paper, to be honest with you. But, you know, imagine if he, he was on a rare occasion and he's like, what the fuck? Who the yeah. fuck was looking at me buying dog food? What's this shit? Yeah. I can't even buy dog food without bloody buzz being up my ass about something. Yeah, um, that's kind of weird. There's another one. Yeah. He spotted Wayne Bennett leaving the ground early after South lost to Canberra. All right. <laughs> yeah. So so that was newsworthy. Wayne Bennett going home. Going home, yeah. yeah. I can't that believe that Wayne Bennett didn't just stay in Canberra the whole off season. And party. Yeah. It's hap- <laughs> Canberra is one of the most happening places in all of the ACT. He could have gone to Questacon. Yeah, he could have gone to uh Braddon, eaten some of that uh fucking food in Braddon out of the trucks. And then he could have... Could have gone to the Dinosaur Museum. There's Dinosaur... Oh, yeah, there is, isn't there? I never it's went out, there, right? It's out near uh, Cockington Green with the Miniature yeah. Gardens. Yeah, He no, could have gone never... to the Miniature Gardens and gone around on the little train that goes around all the little places and stuff there. Oh, really? I never went there either. Oh, mate, you're missing out. He could I'm have... Sure, uh... I'm sure Buzz has been there. Probably. He could have gone to Fishwicks and got some lap dances from some... 
uh, I don't know what the word is for people that do lap dances these days. What do they call them? Um, the politically correct term, um, adult entertainers. Is that what they call them? Um, I think Buzz calls them Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a picture of him with a, with a, a lap dancer at a Christmas party a couple of years ago? Allegedly, Jesus Allegedly. Christ. Allegedly. <laughs> it's okay. We've we've got a lawyer, haven't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> We, yeah, the the good, good thing is, we've got a lawyer and no assets. <laughs> Absolutely none. All I've got to sell is the microphone here. It's worth it. about 80 bucks and these headphones, which are probably worth about five. Well, That's most, probably due to the red tape I've put on to hold them together. See, the most expensive thing I own is a Thor hammer. Yeah, that's worth a bit. Yeah. You ain't getting my Thor hammer, let me tell you. They've got to get out of your cold, dead hand first. Exactly. Exactly. That's if they can kill you first. Yeah. yeah. But they need to stand in line to want to do that. <laughs> it's a long line. <laughs> um, there's a desperate fight to keep the grand final in Sydney, according to Buzz. Yeah. And he said that uh, Premier Gladys Berejiklian and Acting Sports Minister Jeff Lee will come face-to-face with NRL power brokers to discuss plans for the decider once ANZ closes for its $800 million redevelopment. And he reckons that's going to happen on Sunday night. I feel like there's a big build-up to this, and most people are like they don't mind. If it if it's played one year elsewhere, I don't think anyone really minds. I've yet to see anybody say that it should never be played anywhere else except for journalists. Yeah. I'm just wondering, where, where should we take it to? I reckon we take it to Beijing. Beijing, mate. Beijing, yeah. What if everyone gets on the wrong bus? Well, you know, it happens sometimes, I've heard. But but that could, that could cost the Rugby League Grand Final, you know, like it cost the AFL, those games, about 50,000 fans. It would, yeah. There's a lot, big buses over there in Beijing. Right, they're um, long buses. They're a good yeah. kilometre long. Yeah. And uh, by the way, hello to all of our, our fans, our listeners in Beijing. Um, we love uh, our Beijing listener base. is a big one too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't mind where it's played. Just play it wherever. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'd, I'd be curious. I was, I was thinking today, it'd be really interesting if you could actually have a massive grand final gala at Wembley Stadium. Have, the, be cool. have the Super League grand final on and yeah. then have the NR1 after it. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how that would work. Because um, the NRL Grand Final, let's think about this. The NRL Grand Final to kick off for our eight would have to kick off at their what eleven a.m. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. So wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. Go on, Wembley. Go on, Poms. You know what? If England is still a country, because my understanding is they can't work out what's going on over there. Um, if they're still a country in 2022, whenever the fuck this grand final's up for grabs, they should put in a bid for it. Absolutely. And the NRL would be mad not to not to look at it. They'd say, you know what? If you're willing to throw in, say, $20 million for this game, we'll say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a, make it a whack. Make it a yeah. proper whack of money. That Absolutely. Cool. And then charge the Super League for some of it, you know. We're doing some rec- we're doing work for you. Yeah. 
next year when it's Toronto versus uh, uh, who will Toronto be playing? Salford. Salford. Yeah. <laughs> the mighty Red Devils. The mighty Red Devils. Uh, before we get into our the NRL Grand Final, yeah. let's just go through the fact that Salford will be playing against St. Helens in the uh, Super League Grand Final next week. And let me tell you something, St. Helens fans, they're terrified because not only have they got a history of Grand Final chokes, but if you had to say, hey, who could steal anything, you would say someone from Salford, okay? <laughs> so if they're, if they're going to go in and steal this Grand Final, they're, they're the team to do it. This is... It's it's just primed for a Salford victory. It really is. It really it would is. They're going to be, be the most glorious day ever. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. It's going to be glorious when it happens. Ah, oh, I wish I was over there. Oh, man, because people may think we're taking the piss here, but you've got to have a look at the Challenge Cup final this year. Mm. Saints choked hard. They did. They are. Uh... It's what they know. That was a hard gag there at Wembley Stadium. And Ooh, yeah. now, I mean, if, if I tell you what, Salford fans, they're gonna be they're gonna be pumped for this one. Like they're gonna come out of the woodwork, gonna get some, you know, day release and stuff like that. It's gonna be on. And I tell you what, they're not gonna take a backward step to them St. Helens fans either. I'm not saying there's gonna be anything going on in the stands. But uh Oh no, if, that's an Ellen's fan. If, if she starts up, you know, you know, someone from South is going to end it. They really will. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, getting into the uh, the NRL Grand Final, which is on Sunday. Yes, you'll be here listening to this on Grand Final Day, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So a bit of late mail. Yeah. Uh, Bateman is good to go. And oh really. He's shaken off a severe, vicious, life-threatening head cold. Oh, really? Wow. Having suffered from 57 of them this year, I can tell you, (laughs) that's a pretty mean feat he's achieved there. Yeah, i tell you what, Canberra's the only place that could give a POM a head cold, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Among many other things. Yeah. Um, You should have used some of that uh, nasal spray that the Storm players were using when they were in the uh, Kiwi team. Remember that? Cleared their noses right up. Oh, yes. This is called candy, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joey Lalua has been moving freely and appears to have overcome his calf injury. So he's, oh, he's set to playing. Excellent. Um, Josh Hodgson, who will be playing as well. He had a bit of a head cold. Um, these pommies must be sharing cups or something. I don't know what's going oh, on. No, They've got head colds. What the fuck? They need to stop kissing each other, right? <laughs> There's something weird going on there. Yeah. Um, well, Jake Friend has been named on the shortened extended bench, if that makes sense. So they've cut the bench down from 21 to 19. He's still in the 19. Yeah. I doubt he's going to play. I'd be absolutely shocked if he played. I wouldn't play him anyway, even if he is fit. No. Nah, Ver- Verils has been playing well. Why, why change things now when it's working? Exactly, it'd just be stupid. You know, yeah. That's what killed Craig Bellamy this year. Exactly things were going right. great, and then he switches up the whole team. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly right. So, shall we go through the teams? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. So, the Roosters, Tedesco, Tupo, Mitchell, Manu, Morris. My God, that's a back line and a half. It really is, eh? Uh, Kieran Cronk in the halves. 
Forwards, Berea Hargroves, Verrills, Isaac Liu, Boy Corner, Orbison, Radley, and on the bench is Crichton, Tedovano, Butcher, and Torquiaho. Um, extended bench, Jake Friend, and Ryan Hall. Well, there's two no are going to be playing in the grand uh, final. Uh, all right, you know what? If Ryan, Hall, if Ryan Hall plays for some reason, just say, like, uh, Morris or someone pulls a hammy, Man, can you imagine the Canberra wingers? Their eyes are going to light up. They're going to be like, hey, when was the last time someone got three tries in a grand final? Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know why they put him there. Anyway, um, that's just a supremely well-balanced side. Yeah, it really is. And, look, they were, they've were they been fantastic all year. Um, not too many weak, weak links in that team. Um, I really like their back line. Though oh. it's just such a good back line. It's supreme. One to seven are just phenomenal. Yeah, the, um, I mean the only weakness I can really see, Luke Keery in defence was really targeted well by the Storm. Um, it, you know, and if the Canberra if the Canberra players um, like Joey Leilua and Jack White and can get a get an eye on him, start running traffic at him. That's going to cause the Roosters a few problems. I think the other thing they've got to do is get up quick on Cooper Cronk. The Melbourne Storm were really good at doing that in the last last game. Um, and I think that that's, that's what you kind of need to do against this Roosters team. Basically shut down their, their ability to um, you know link up their back line all that smoothly. Because once they get the ball out wide, they're, they're a handful. Yeah, Cronk especially. I mean, we saw no better shutting down of Cronk than Luke Lewis and Wade Graham in the 2016 Grand Final. Yeah. They just had him completely pinned down, and the the storm attack just struggled. It relied just entirely on making metres up the middle, and that's, you know, Jesse Bromwich scored a try that way. Mm-hmm. That was the only way they could score points. You know, Cameron Smith was coming out of hooker to play at halfback to try and help things out. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. They've got to shut down Kronk, and that's, that'll isolate Keary. Make him easier to defend as well. Yep, yep. And the thing about Kronk too is he keeps running at that line with his back to the line. Mm. Man, if they get him with the ball in his hands, you got to tee off on him. you got to light him up if you're a defender. Yeah, absolutely. you got to hammer him and keep on him all game. Mm. Especially shut him down when he's getting uh, late in the tackle too because he will. He's, he's got a very, very good kicking game. If they can nail him down late in the tackle count, even just rushing him so he doesn't he doesn't become the first option to get the ball. That's yeah. going to change the Roosters' attack a fair bit. Yeah. Um, the Raiders. Uh, they've got Charles Nickel, Clockstad, Nickel, uh, Nick Kotrick, Jared Croker, Lolua, Rapana, Whiten, Caesar in the forwards. Papali, Hodgson, Soliola, Bateman, Whitehead, Tapini on the bench. Simonson, Gula, Horsburgh, and Louie. Yeah, you uh, know. One thing that jumps out me about the Raiders, their bench is nowhere near as good as the Roosters' bench. Um, yeah. At the same time, Papali up front is the best prop in the game at the moment. I don't he's, think there's any question about that. He's um, been a beast this year. He really has. It was interesting in the the last game, and people were going off their heads saying, "Oh my God, look at him! He's the best forward in the game." And stuff, and I'm thinking, man, Jason Tomalolo does this every single game. Like he plays yeah. like that every single game. That's right. Um, I find it hard to see, and I said this in the last episode, I find it hard to see Aiden Caesar as a premiership-winning halfback. You know, it, it just seems as though 
he's a reserve grader if there ever was one. And I just can't see him being a premiership winning halfback. I also think that Joseph Manu is going to tear Crocker apart. I think he's going to... I wouldn't be shocked if he scored three tries. That's going to be... That's going to be a really tough area because Croker is definitely going to be targeted. Manu and, and Morris have got a lot more pace than Croker as well too. Yeah. And they're and going to use get, that to like, get around him a fair bit. And the thing about Croker is that he's terrible at reading what's going to happen. So if they get uh, if they de- get Tedesco out in the back line and they keep getting Croker to come out, and, and like he, Croker, when he makes a bad read... He just has to turn around and watch what happens because he's so far out of position, it's all over. And so if they can use Tedesco out in that back line, try and draw him out, and Manu and, and Morris, they're going to have a field day. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Whiten defends quite a bit wider out on Croker's side to try and remedy that as much as possible, but it's going to be a hard gig. Really um, is. I mean, Stop it, Tedesco, leaves... Mitchell, Manu, Morris, those sort of guys close to the line when they're all got bodies in motion because that's what the Roosters do best. Um, you know, good luck. Yeah, and he leaves everyone stranded. Like, he just leaves everyone a man down. Um, I thought that, you know, there's been plenty of teams this year I've thought we're going to target him more, um, and they haven't. I, I, I feel as though it's time for the Roosters to do it. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, yeah, like you, the, the bench for me seems a bit lighter you know, on yeah. impact. Yeah. Um, and Simonson doesn't come across to me as someone who's um, a genuine utility back. He seems to be a, a winger centre, and that's pretty much it. So if, if uh, Raiders lose a playmaker, any of them, I, yeah. I wonder how they're going to cover for that. Yeah, and I mean, Louis is a pretty handy uh, player off the bench, but that's it. I mean, he's the only one on the Raiders bench that really, for me, can worry a team. Uh, the other thing is, like, if they lose, <clears throat> say they lose Caesar, like, I mean, Whiten as a 5'8", he's not a playmaking 5'8", he's more of a big ball runner. That's right. Um, you know, and, and they, then you get to that issue of, like, if the Roosters can shut down Caesar just with their defense, like what are the Raiders going to be looking at? They're going to have to look at attacking around the ruck. That's where Hodgson comes into it and their forward pack, which is very good, comes into it. But I mean, man, it's uh, that everything's gone well for them this year. Everything's gone right for them and it could keep going right in the grand final. Um, I've talked to a lot of people and I've said to them, this reminds me a little bit of Penrith in 2000, not completely the same, but just the fact that the Raiders have come out, they've had a great season, and when they're you're on song and they you know they celebrate where they're at, they're pretty happy with where they're at. If everything keeps going in the right direction, it's fine. But if you run into a team that shuts you down, it can go really wrong really quickly, and that worries me about this Raiders team. Yeah, I think if if Caesar gets shut down, that's just going to put a lot more pressure, especially when it comes, if they can shut down his kicking game, uh, a lot more pressure will come on Hodgson then because he's pretty much the the only other playmaking option they've got on the side there. Yeah. Um, so, and given you've got Maria Hargraves, who's very good in the middle as well, that's going to be, 
that's something that the Raiders need to figure out how they're going to get around that. And I dare say that's where Bateman and Whitehead will come in trying to, uh, you know, protect Caesar as much as they can. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, look, it's it's going to be an interesting grand final. It really, like, I, this is, it's one of those grand finals, and it's cool because it's a new team that's in the grand final. I think that's what it is, mm. where you go into it and you're like, we know what we're going to get out of the Roosters. I don't know what we're going to get out of the Raiders. And that's the thing that's interesting to me about this grand final. Um, because I feel as though the Raiders are either going to be just humming and on song and they're riding that wave home or they're going to capitulate. And it's what, you know, I want to see what happens. That's why I love, I love these sorts of moments where everything's on the line. And this is why grand finals are so much better than first past the post, because this is the biggest game, the pressure game. How do you, you know, how do you perform when it's on the line? And I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, it's definitely going to be good. And to be honest, too, both sides are trying to overcome droughts that are over 20 years in length. And that is the Roosters have got to overcome the, you know, back-to-back hoodoo mm-hmm. that no team's managed to do since the uh, Broncos in 92-93. And the Raiders have got to overcome the fact that they haven't won a grand final or appeared in one until now since 1994. Mm-hmm. So... Bit of pressure for both sides there, which is good too. Yeah. Who do you think is going to feel the pressure more? Uh, I think the Roosters will because there's an expectation that they should win. Yeah. And they will be hoping to get back-to-back, and they should be they should be the team to do that, especially with the, uh, the, the lineup they've got. And I think that plays into Canberra's hands a fair bit more. They're coming in as genuine underdogs. I, I agree, yeah. I agree. And it's, um, I mean, the back-to-back thing, eventually it's going to get broken. Um, We've seen a bunch of times where, I mean, the storm a couple of times, I've thought, oh, yeah, this is it. This is getting broken now, and it just doesn't. Um, You know, if if this Roosters team does it, they've they've done very, very well. Uh, I think the way their season's gone, too, has been, it would make it really impressive because sometimes you see the teams that, are going for back-to-back titles. They just run out of steam, and they sort of come into the grand final, you know, a bit beaten up, whereas this Rooster side doesn't look beaten up. You know, they still look pretty fresh and all that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if the... I just hope that if the uh, Raiders win the grand final, that they take the premiership trophy down the highway and drop it off the back of a... They have a to. Convertible. Yeah, it's just... They they must. It and because it's all... Because it's all made of, you know, bronze, whatever it is now, it doesn't have that wood base on there. Yeah. It needs to fall off, and they need to be driving downhill just so you can hear it going tink, 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 tink as it rolls tink. all the way down the bottom of a hill. Yeah. Just gets all dinged up and marks all over it. Give it a bit of character. That'd be lovely. Get some bends in the sucker. That's yeah. what we want. That's what yeah, we want. Yeah, make, uh, make Proven and Salmons look like they're bowing down or something. That's what you want out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one question. You, you you mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. If if Canberra wins, yeah, who would you say is the most um, unexpected halfback to win a premiership out of Aiden Caesar or Shane Perry? <laughs> well, I I actually was calling Aiden Caesar in a reserve grade game early this year. And I remember I didn't give him a real good review in that game either. So, but Shane Perry, I mean, 
Man, he wasn't that much better than I was. He only played um, 57 games in his career. you got to say Caesar's probably the more accomplished player, huh? <laughs> you would have to, surely. Yeah, because he, didn't he play for New South Wales Country or something? Or yeah. City? He did, yeah. did one of those things. Yeah, he has. He's played yeah. some rep footy. Yeah. Yeah, and, <clears throat> you know, his name's Caesar. It's a pretty good name. It's just, just wasted it on him. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Harsh yeah, but fair. Uh, yeah, so um, I don't know what else we've got to chat about. Uh, what else? I what know else? something else we've got to chat about. Yeah. Big, big news, given that we've had all sorts of polls and stuff throughout the year. Yeah. People may remember that um, back about 97 episodes ago, <laughs> we <laughs> we did our own proper genuine NRL fans poll because the one that the uh, the NRL had was just pathetic. I described it as being fluffy, fluffier than 70s porn. It was. That was perfectly summed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we ran our own version and we figured what better time than to, uh, than to now to reveal the, the results. Yeah, it's good to, good as time as, as any. Um so do you want to do, let's do question by question. How about we do that? Sounds good. All right. You go first. No, you go first because I've got a oh, All right, I'll go first. I'm always <laughs> going first. Okay. That's what she said. Ah, oh, God damn it. So first question that was asked in the uh, official Fergo and the Freak fan poll. Do you agree with the NRL's no fault stand down policy? Uh, so I agree with it. 63% of the vote. I do not agree with it, 29% of the vote, and I don't care, 8% of the vote. So vast majority agrees with it, which kind of surprises me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I thought it kind of goes a bit against, well, a fair bit against the way actual law works. Mm, yeah. You have to be found guilty first before you have to stop working. And, like, I know you and me don't agree with it, but... And I guess this answer that we've got out of this poll shows that we're not um, we're not crushing our listeners enough. I mean, we're sp- the whole idea of this is to crush all of their opinions and make them just listen to us because we are the voice of the game. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we've got to work on that, obviously. We do. Um, should players who receive a head knock worthy of a HIA not return to the game at all? And... 70, uh, 65% said keep the current HIO system in place. 32% said they should not return to the game. And 4% says I don't care. Again, uh, I've been pushing strongly all the time that they shouldn't return to the game. Yeah, so, you know what? I, I think that in the finals, we have seen that the HIO system doesn't work at all. Agreed. Um, it's just there's too many. It's been used to slow down play. It is being used, you know, how many times do you see the attacking team say, wait, 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 stop the play. We've got a player that's got a head knock. You never see it. That's um, right. And so I think there needs to be some changes just in that regard. But we've also seen players, I mean, I think it was last weekend, Josh uh, Hodgson, he was face down in the dirt and he played for the rest of the game, which, you know, is a, it shouldn't be on. So I think no. we, we're ready to see some changes to that system. And as I'd said before, and it's 
the only way you can find about you find find a way to stop people from or stop teams from abusing the system is to have a mandatory one week stand down for a player who goes off with a HRA. Mm. So they go off. Doesn't matter if they pass the test or not. They're still not allowed back onto the field, and they have to miss the next game. And I think that would get rid of the um, teams and players abusing that system. The problem then comes up that clubs will then force players to stay on the field after they've had a, a concussion, mild or not. And so you need to find a counterbalance to that somehow. It's it's a difficult thing to be in there. Well, it makes you wonder, like, say, first minute of the grand final, Cooper Cronk gets blasted and he's just fucked. But he gets up and gets back in the line. What are the chances that the Roosters are going to take him out the, out the lineup? You know? Um, yeah. And I'm not... To, Casting any aspersions on the Roosters, I think that you could say that with any team in the grand final. And I think that the player that's going to get that cops a head knock, it's the biggest game of the year. You know, they're going to tell a trainer to go away. They're not going to let themselves get a, a HIA on the field. That's right. Uh, so yeah, it's a, I think it's a system that's there's a bit of window dressing, and I think it's broken anyway. So I think they need something different. Yep, especially if they want to do this job properly. Yep. 100%. Uh, okay, so next question. Should the Australian Rugby League Commission also be under the watch of the NRL Integrity Unit? 87% of people said, yes, they should. Uh, 9% said, I don't care. And only 4% said, no, they should not. So that's pretty overwhelming that people think that the uh, ARL should be under the watch of the NRL Integrity Unit, which is good to see. Of course they should. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, next one was, do you think the media is too negative when reporting about rugby league? 86% said yes, 13% said no, and 2% said they had no opinion. Yeah, I That's... I think the, the yes vote is a little bit low. <laughs> Likewise. I think it should have been 100% said yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking obvious. The only time of the year when it's not completely negative is Grand Final Week, as we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many fluffy stories have we seen this week? Yeah, there's been some that have come out where it's like, really? They're going with this angle? And none of them are talking about the actual game, which is really weird to me. Yeah. Like, we've got all of this fluffy bullshit. None of them are actually analysing the game. So it's kind of weird, I find. Um, next question. Which section of the media is the worst in regards to its coverage of rugby league? Uh, print media slash newspapers, 69%. Nice. Uh, television, 17%. Online blogs, 14%. And only 1% said radio, which surprises me a little bit because whenever I chuck on the radio to listen to some football, uh, and not so much Triple M, because I think Triple M's coverage is pretty good. Whenever I listen to other stations, it is fucking garbage. Apart from uh, Triple Nine Sports, which I'm on. Soiree. Well, I That's think, though, with is. with radio, though, they don't have the the benefit of pitches. So they kind of, just by the the medium itself, are forced to move on after a situation happens. The fact that they will still bitch about it, though... Um, that's just horrible for, for what they're doing. TV, and we've seen it more and more as the season's gone on, especially Channel 9, they they are getting impossible to watch. And I, yeah. 
the cynic in me says that they are they're doing this shit intentionally, talking the game down, making it hard to watch so they can try and push down the the rights. Say, oh look, people aren't watching anymore, so we we're not going to pay as much for it. Um, I hope if that is the case, I hope the NRL sees right through that shit and says no. Now because you've been talking it down, you've now got to pay double. But how much, like even Fox Sports, right? How much of Fox Sports? Uh, not, so when they're not showing the games, how much of that has got worse this year? The other stuff, I mean, like their panel shows and stuff. The last two years, NRL three sixty has gone downhill immensely. Yeah. So when it first started, and it was still Ben Eichen and Paul Kent there, it was just one day a week, mm. um, and so they had to cram a lot of news in there. And because of that, it meant that they didn't have much time to sit there and bitch and moan about the same thing three times a week. They had to just sort of get in there, say their bit, move on to the next news story. And that actually made it a genuinely good um, show. Yeah. But then they took it to three days a week and um, brought in more and more, um, you know, crisis merchants is the word I'd like to use. And so they all sit there beating the same fucking drum. And it's just, the game is shit, the game is shit. This is why, this is why, this is my opinion. It's the same boring, monotone, drab, dribble every fucking episode. It is so hard to listen to. Um, It's ruined what was once a really good show and a really good setup. The other shows on there, um, they're not so bad. Um, The Matty Johns one, it's a bit samey. The rest are fine. I, I don't mind League Life. It's actually pretty good. Some some yeah. good journalism goes on there, and they actually have decent guests on, ask genuinely good questions, and it's not they're not fluffy crap either. They actually ask you know, properly hard hitting questions on there, so it's it's pretty good. I like that one. Um, not much else on there really. I'd yes. like to see a bit more analysis. Michael Ennis does some pretty good analysis on there. I'd like to see a bit more of that. He only does a little bit. You know, in like a half hour show once a week or so, I think, from memory. Yeah. So they they need to get back into doing more of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of it now I just can't watch. It's just, you know, I, I, I watch TV or I, when it, everything I'm doing, I want to be entertained, you know, and, and when I'm watching something and it's just, it's, you know, it makes me angry or something. It's like, why am I watching this? I'd stop watching NRL 360 because it was like I'm just arguing. I'm yelling at the TV. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. I, I'm just not enjoying it. When, as you say, when it when NRL 360 first kicked on, started up, and it was it was a little bit different. It was something that was different to what we've seen, and now it's just another... You know, they've. You know, our next guess is someone that's dying. Our next guess is someone that wakes up angry in the morning. Our next guess has no friends. You know, our next guest <laughs> is all those wrapped into one. How you doing, Bulldog Richie? And it's like, I just don't want to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I got to the point where I was watching it for the comedy value of Paul Crawley alone, just watching to see what he says this week to try and make sure that Paul Kent stays stays as one of his friends. Yeah, just hate watching it. And yeah. when you start hate watching something, like it's a fine line between I'm enjoying hate watching it or I'm just fucking getting pissed off for an hour every week. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, yeah, it's it's difficult to watch. It really is. Um, right, what's the next one here? Is, is the punishing for breaching the salary cap severe enough? 
No, it's not 77%. Yes, it is 15%. I don't know, 8%. Um, it's it's not severe enough. We've seen too many teams breach the cap and within one or two seasons come back and play in a grand final, some cases win it. Um, to me, that's not a big enough penalty. No, and, and it needs to be... I think it's a penalty that needs to stretch over three years. Like if you lose a, a million off your cap over three consecutive years or something. Yep. Absolute minimum, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, how do you think the NRL judiciary has performed in 2019? 41% said shithouse, 29% said average, 22% said poor, only 8% said good, and 0%, no votes at all, said very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, I... Some of this is going to be dictated by the mainstream media because they like mm-hmm. to bitch and moan about things. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say shithouse, but I'd say they've been average, average to poor. Just in the case of, I, I'd lean towards average because I think there's been a few cases where they should have dished out suspensions, mm-hmm. especially for eye gouges. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh McGuire comes to mind. Um, George Burgess did not get a long enough suspension either. Yep. Those things need to be, they need to hit hard on that. And those should be looking at, you know, minimum 16 weeks or something like that. They need to get hard on that shit because that has zero place in the game. We can't go around giving people fines or eight-week suspensions. That's nonsense. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I agree. I would say average as well. And for the exact same reason. I think that for the most part, they did all right. But those those grubby plays, those eye gouges and stuff, they, and look, they're going by the framework that they can work within at the time. I think that once, and I'm not saying that they're even going to look at it, but if they looked at the uh, the points that are on offer, if you get found eye gouge and if they bump them up by times two even, um, I think that that would be great for the game. Imagine if they said that, okay, the minimum points you, points loading you get for an eye gouge is 1,600. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You're going to fight that? <laughs> um, should fines for misconduct on the field be scrapped for longer suspensions? Yes, they should be scrapped 51%. No, keep the fines in place 43%. I do not care either way, 6%. Pretty close, this one. Um, mm. look, I, I tend to just like the flat-out suspensions. I think the fines are bullshit. Agreed. Okay. What is the worst stadium in the NRL? This is a good one. Uh, <laughs> so, Asbestos Oval at Brookvale. That got 40% of the vote. Uh, the Sydney Cricket Ground got 28%. Belmore Oval got 13%. Leichhardt Oval got 9%. Cogra Oval got 5%. Penrith Football Stadium got 3%. And Campbellstown Stadium got 3%. So, rookie oval, that overwhelming win there. Yeah, no surprises there. I mean, not only was it just a park that dogs went and crapped on during the week, it's now got asbestos in it as well. I mean, it's hard to rate that high, isn't it? Exactly. And it's played on by a bunch of pricks. (laughs) And in Manly. Yeah. Sorry, Nadine. (laughs) Manly. It's Blacktown by the coast. (laughs) Um. Where do you go to for your rugby league news? Social media, 42%. Other, 17%. NRL 360, 15%. NRL.com, 13%. Leaguefreak.com, 
beating the Sydney Morning Herald, 4%, the Daily Telegraph, Courier Mail, 1%, and 100% footy, the footy show, 1%. Yeah, I made those last ones my bitch. My website. Absolutely. Yeah. If we look at the total votes here for the Sydney Morning Herald, the Telly, the Courier Mail, 100% footy, the footy show, it still works out as being two votes less than what LeagueFreak.com got. Exactly. LeagueFreak.com. Your, your number one source of rugby league news. For you must have just got it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone that put that one. That was very nice of you. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. I've got to send some uh, SMSs to my family members for voting on that one. Um, Social media, though, 42%. It's where I get most of my news from. How about you? Well, yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, the only reason why I go to the Daily Telegraph mm-hmm. is to get content for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, to take the piss, yeah. Like, that's the only time that I even look at it is when it's like, oh, let's chuck in something to take the piss out of when I go to the Telegraph site. I'm like, you, the Sydney Morning Herald one, I'm going to less and less because I'm finding it's got that Channel 9 slant on it where, you know, Everything seems to be loaded with whatever Channel 9 wants you to think. Um, NRL.com is pretty good, I've got to say, for just footy news. Um, yeah, and to be honest, it should be, though. Mm-hmm. It should it should just be the fluffy stories, though. Leave all the, the crappy gutter stuff for you know, the, those newspapers that always write about it. It's good for injury news and, uh, and just like, um, you know, who's in, who's out. Every so often they'll have a, some decent news in terms of players moving clubs and stuff. I think they try and avoid yeah. that sort of thing, though, because they are the league. And it's, you know, it's not journalists, it's comms people. I love saying that. Because <laughs> if you're all listening, you're not journalists. You gave, you gave that hat up. You're just a comms person. I'd, I'd argue that a comms person is ranked higher than a journalist. Oh, a comms person has a soul. A yeah. journalist is a low-life, bottom-feeding Fucking scumbag. <laughs> can't argue with that. Um, do you think <laughs> rugby league journalists do a good job? No, 62%. I can't decide. 24%. Yes, 14%. <laughs> I, love, I love the... I can't decide, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indecisive people were better than yes. That's great. <laughs> uh, so what we've learned there is that 86% of the people are not convinced that rugby league journalists do a good job. Pretty much. I got to agree. That's pretty compelling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Next one. Should the Gold Coast Titans stay where they are, be relocated, or axed completely? Stay where they are got 48% of the vote, relocated got 36% of the vote, and axed got 17% of the vote, which is pretty full on. Yeah, that's a, that's higher than I thought for Axed. Mm. Um, and I'll say this: I know I've talked about relocating the Titans a few times on the on the podcast, but I'm I'm someone who's generally opposed to moving clubs around or axing clubs and stuff like that, unless there's a genuine need to do it to keep keep the club alive. Yeah. Um, and the only relocation idea I've thought of for the Titans was just to move them a few, you know, a hundred k's up the road to southern Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I tend to feel like just leave them there. That's yeah. my point of view. Should a city-based club be relocated? None of them should be relocated. 
the Sharks, 29%. The Tigers, 13%. Roosters, 11%. Manly, 6%. Dragons, 3 uh, Bulldogs and Eels, 2%. Penrith, 1%. And South got 0%. Yeah, Sharkies, hey? How about that? Ah, uh, 29%. Mind you, 33% said uh, no relocations, and that's that's where I sit too. I yeah, think we've got, I... I don't think we I, need any more Sydney teams, so I don't think we need to cut any either. I f- you know what? I feel like the axe is coming. I feel like in 10 years' time we'll have two less Sydney teams. Mm. Yeah. It's just a feeling. The thing is, though, I don't think it's going to be teams on the outskirts. I think it's going to be teams in the middle somewhere, like Parramatta, Canterbury, South, um, Roosters. Yeah. If it's going to come, it's going to come on those teams in the middle because they're fighting over, you know, a lot of area that's, you know, bordering on other spots. I think the Sharks are setting themselves up to be financially viable. Mm -hmm. Manly's got that whole... Northern Beaches area there that no one else is tapping into, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penrith and the Tigers have got massive regions. It just means that those those other sides... I mean, the Dragons, I think, would be smart to try and draw more out of that Wollongong region, mm-hmm. Illawarra-Wollongong region. Um, and that's not going to go down well with Dragons fans, but I just think if you're long-term, long-term future, you need to look at having the biggest catchment area you can possibly find. And I don't think Ennis Sydney is going to be doing that when there's a heap of teams fighting over, you know, a lot of areas in small spaces. And can I say, I went to Cogra a few weeks ago for the uh, lower grades. The parking there is so fucking ridiculous. Like the idea that you can have any national competition where there is just no fucking parking is outrageous. Same like, at Leichhardt, mate. Same at Leichhardt. Ah, uh, see, I've never been to Leichhardt before, so I, I love the just, I love the ground, but you can't park anywhere around it. It's just residential street everywhere. Yeah, it's just silly. Like we can't be doing that. We can't yeah. be doing that. It's uh, there, there's got to be there's got to be some bigger thinking in rugby league, and unfortunately, it's rugby league, so it's all small time thinking. But yeah. Uh, interesting results. It's it's interesting that the sharks are always pretty high up near the top. Yeah, I think people just hate on them because of all the all the misery they've they've put the game through in recent years, and then to win a premiership on the back of all of that sort of put a lot of people off them, I guess. Yeah, with the the Asada scandal, the salary cap breaking, uh, yeah. the coach. You know. Same sort of reason why a lot of fans are off Melbourne. They were always seen as a novelty sort of thing, and no one really wore, no one was even hating them after they won in '99. But once they broke the salary cap, and there was you know all the wrestling stuff was going on, people just going, "Yeah, don't like his grubs anymore," and they're hard tags to shake. They really are. They really, really are. Um, next question: Should the NRL bunker be able to make calls on forward passes? Yes, they should. Sixty-two percent. No, they should not, 35%. And I don't know, to be honest, 4%. Very polite, that last one. It really is. I started, you know, obviously I started doing a little bit with the undecided idiots amongst us. <laughs> like, who, who goes on a pile? I don't know. Like, fucking, you know, make it, pick and stick. Come on. Yeah. 62% say yes, they should. Um, I, 
a part of me kind of leans that way. I think if you're going to have a, a video referee there and you want to get the right decision, then they should be able to adjudicate on the final, you know, the passes leading into that try-scoring play. Not going back a tackle beyond that, but if even if a referee says, look, I think this pass might be forward, can you have a look at it? I think that's fair game. I, I would like to see the video referee removed from as much of the game as possible. I if they if somebody said to me, You're in charge of the game league freak, and you either have to choose between having the video ref involved more or no video referee at all, I'll go no video referee. Well, I've always said I I like the format they have when they first brought it in. And that is you're just looking at the grounding. Yeah. And that was yeah. pretty much it. And if they didn't know, it was ref's call and the ref just yeah. decided on the spot. I don't mm-hmm. like this make the refs make a decision first up because it adds a bias one way or the other for the video ref. Because mm-hmm. you know he's going to say, oh, "If I can't find out, then it goes whatever the the bias is there." And I just think they should just go up to video. If you look at it, you tell me if you can find it. If not, then I'll go back and I'll decide and yeah. keep keep decisions out of it until that last point. And just let the on field ref make that last decision if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um. Should a free play be allowed in the NRL following a turnover by the opposition team? Allow a free play 43%. Do not allow a free play 38%. I am indecisive, 18%. <laughs> oh, shit. See, I, uh, you know, I, I can see the merits in the free play, but I kind of like the, the you, you, once you've taken your advantage, you've taken it as well. I kind of like that, so... Um, I would stick with what we've got. Yeah, I, I, if they brought in the free play rule, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but yeah, I'm happy with the way it is at the moment. Okay, next question. Do you think 8pm kickoffs are too late for school children? And mums. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is one for mums with kids. Um, yes, too late, 75%. I have no kids, 16%. No, it's fine. Nine percent. Hmm. Pretty clear that one. Yeah, it's, it's just too, too late. late. Yeah, it's yeah. too late. Um, Who ooh, is the best player in the world? Ooh. James Tedesco, thirty-five percent. Cameron Smith, twenty-nine percent. Jason Tormalolo, eleven. Other eight. Cameron Munster, five. Gutherson, five. Mackinson, three. RTS, two. George Williams, one. <laughs> I'm a spineless gimpy, can't make up my mind with about anything. 1%. And Blake Austin, David Fafita, and Sam Tompkins all got zero. <sighs> to all those pricks that picked Gartherson and Mackinson, fuck you. This was a, a poll that was meant to be a real poll, and you fucking blew it. <laughs> That's eight people, by the way. Yeah. We will find your IP address. <laughs> I'm not even mad at other, you know. Who would other be? Can you think of any other? Coop Cronk, um, Aiden Caesar, <laughs> Mitchell Moses, Moses, Sevo. <laughs> uh, Corey Thompson, Tim Grant, Tim Grant, legend. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I can think of. Interesting, James Tedesco first, 
Cameron Smith, second high. That's interesting. Yeah. Tom Malolo, only 11%. Man, I feel like people sleep on Tom Malolo. I wonder if it's something to do with them not being on free to air that much, eh? That's a good point. That might be the case. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, last last one. one. Yeah. Who's doing yours? Me or you? All yours, mate. Okay. What is the best podcast in the entire world? So, Fergo and the Freak got 36%. And then As Above got 64%. And the As Above was Fergo and the Freak. So, we got 100% of the vote, which is Tidy. It's pretty good. Tidy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's hard work podcasting, as as we saw on Twitter. Some some sheltered crybaby was talking about how hard it is. Uh, yeah, who was it that was? Oh, that was a couple of months ago. Yeah, where yeah, there was some some winter. Remember all the work that goes into it. And we're sitting back going, man, are we fucking missing out on something here? <laughs> yeah, we go <laughs> click, 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 talk. <laughs> <laughs> on the last episode that I did with Nadine, at the end of it, you hear me going. Let me find where to press stop recording, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! See, that, that's the uh, that's the level of professionalism I bring into the show. I, I know where the button is to press stop recording. Yeah, tell you what, it goes hard. Work. Yeah. So uh, I think that's that's everything. It's a pretty pretty good rundown leading into the uh, 2019 NRL Grand Final. Um, Want to do tips? Yeah, I'm going to tip the... I can't tip the Roosters. I'm going to tip the Raiders to win by nine points. Oh, I'm going to tip the Roosters to win by 14. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know. I... I think the when Canberra beat the Melbourne Storm those two times, I think the Melbourne Storm had a few places where they had some weaknesses, yeah. and I don't see the the Roosters having those same weaknesses. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I want to say this. I'd love to see Canberra win. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be good for the game to see yeah. a different team take the title. I think it'd be great for rugby league in Canberra. Um, I think it'd you know boost their their. Uh, I think they're going to get a new stadium. It's probably going to be in Civic, which will be great for the team. But I think that that would get that ball ball rolling a lot quicker and make sure that that stadium's a rectangular stadium as it should be. Yep. Um, so I think it'd be good overall for the for the Raiders. Um, and yeah, it's been a long time since they've won the title, and it'd be cool to have the Canberra Raiders as one of the big guns again. So Absolutely. It'd, be, it'd be awesome. If the if the Roosters win it, it'd be like, yeah, whatever, next, you know, bring on the internationals. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, I've got a few reasons why I want to see Canberra win. Mm. One, it means we'll get Greeno on the show. Yes. Uh, two, it means the drought, the longest drought uh, premiership-wise for any current team will be... Parramatta's matters by an even more immense margin than it currently is. Yeah. Because it's only, I think there's only, what, eight years or so between Canberra's and um, Canberra's and Parramatta's droughts? Wow. You, you so know if, what? You're all right. So if, eh? if Canberra wins, that drought is going to be massive. 
How weird is that it's only that long between their droughts, but in 1994, the Eels being premiers was like a lifetime before that. Yeah. It's so weird. It's And it's now it's, you know, you, you're looking at pretty much essentially Parramatta side that barely has anyone who was born when they last won a premiership, and I love that yeah. fact. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Parramatta fans. You're not you're, sorry. You you're, love, you're... Why do you love piling on Parramatta? Why do you hate <laughs> Parramatta so much? I've, I've got a few relatives who have been Parramatta fans and, um, and, and a few friends as well from back yeah. in the day, and they love giving it to me during the 80s and 90s about how great Parramatta was. Oh, really? And I, even though my team has only won one premiership since 1969, that's only half the team that I supported as a kid, um, it's still won more than Parramatta's won since 1986. That's true. <laughs> Man, come as a bitch. They were giving you heaps, eh? Yeah, big time. God, I remember because my rem- my team choked in two grand finals in a row, and they're like, "Oh, we won three in a row in the early '80s, and then we won another two after that, or whatever it was." And like, yeah, yeah, whatever. See, I remember in world. high school, my friends were Parramatta Eels fans, so I went and watched some of the fucking worst Parramatta Eels teams they've ever had, which is saying a lot. And then when they spent all that money to get all of those Canterbury players, and they'd spent like millions and millions of dollars, it was a ridiculous amount of money. And I was still able to give them shit because they still couldn't win anything. It was great. <laughs> but uh, if Parramatta does get into a grand final next year, for example, yeah, and they're up against, say, Melbourne or Manly, yeah. um, I'll be cheering for Parramatta. I'll even be cheering for Mitch Moses. Wow, really? And Clint Gutherson. You know what's weird? And you'd feel you'd feel this, definitely. Like, 2003 for the Panthers, for me, it's been all right. Yeah, I've got my... Like, I got my premiership as an adult. I got it. I'm cool forever, right? But now it's starting to get to be like, yeah, that was a while ago now. You know, it's about you. You'd be feeling that, too, with the Tigers for 2005. I mean, it's not too long ago, but it's starting to get there. It's long enough ago. Yeah. I look back on that now and go, holy shit, that's, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. It's that, weird, that's, eh? that's a long time ago. You see, I'll sit here and do stats sometimes for some articles, and I think, yeah, you know what, I'll just go from 2000 to now, because that sounds like a nice, good round number to work from. Yeah. I start working and going, holy shit, that's 20 seasons. What am I doing? Yeah, like, yeah. 2000 doesn't seem like it was that far ago. It's 20 years ago. Well, I remember when, I think it was 1999 that the Panthers got the wooden spoon. I think it was about then. Oh, was it was 99 or 2001, might have been 2001. But I remember back then thinking, man, it's been forever since we won a grand final. And it was only like, say, 10 years. And now, like, I, I don't feel the same way. I don't feel like, oh, it's been more than 10 years since we won a grand final. I'm still cool. I've got, I got my title as an adult. So I think that helps. But, yeah, it's starting to get there now, though. It does. I was going to say... Um, we should probably rename this section to <laughs> reminiscing with old men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're dying. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Way Back, Back in the early 21st century. Text. <laughs> you had to press a button three times to get the letter C. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the good old days on MSN. <laughs> ICQ. Can you imagine? It's going to be weird when, uh, like, when we're really, really old, 
old as fuck, you know, like Rothfield and all his mates. And, w- like, we get asked about what it was like growing up. And we're talking about fucking, like, we remember the first iPhone and they'll have chips in the side of their heads. <laughs> their thoughts will be beamed on the bedroom walls and stuff like that. Sick I, shit. It's seen, it's seen already with my daughter. Like she come in and she'll see my computer and she um she merely goes to touch the screen to touch things on there. And go, not oh, everything's a touch screen. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, wait up. <laughs> yeah, touch screens. I remember when they first... We can't do this. This is fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're yeah. getting old. That's all we're yeah. saying here. We're we're old men getting older. Old men. Oh. We're not that old, but yeah, we sound like nah. a banging on about two thousand nah. and whatnot. Talking about two thousand. I wonder who <laughs> our oldest listener is. If okay, here's the thing: if you're over the age of fifty, send us an email. Get one of your fucking grandchildren. <laughs> send us an email at uh, podcast at leaguefreak dot com. Tell us how old you are. We want to find out how old our oldest listener is. I was just thinking, like, my my grandparents and my great-grandparents would talk about how they, you know, what went on during the wars. Yeah. World War One, World War Two. We talk about it. We're talking about the Super League War. <laughs> yeah. Back in the Super League War. Back when I went through the war. Yeah. Our war, fucking Michael O'Connor crawled through a window. That was the yeah. big disgrace. That was the, uh, that would be our war crime. That, that was the low point. Yeah, the low point. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, see, they won't, our grandkids will never ask us about wars because by then, like, we've grown, we've grown up in an era of perpetual war and that's, that's kind of weird. Like, that's still fucking in Afghanistan and bloody Iraq and shit. That's still going on. So, yeah. you know, by the time we have grandkids, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, fucking war happens all the time. You could say, well, I was, I remember when the second one started. <laughs> yeah. So, the second one? Wow. That's incredible. We're already on the fifth one. <laughs> or 45th one. Yeah, that'd be great. That'll be uh, when we're all eating artificial meat and all the dolphins have choked to death on fucking ring pools and shit and all the... <laughs> all the all the turtles and tortoises have snuffled up all of the fucking straws, the plastic straws. Oh dear, it's I a got, bad I got future. A question for you, right? Yeah. Everything in everything in nature has its place. Right? Uh-huh. Everything has, does a job. What the fuck does a turtle do? Becomes a ninja. Oh, you got me. Okay, good answer. There we go. There's another old person reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that uh, rather uplifting note, mm. thanks for tuning in. And um, I've just got to find that stop recording button. <laughs>